So we'll come back. Thank you. So let's continue. We are going to visit text number 13. <coughs> Self-control, together with humility, withers passionate desire, love calms inflamed anger, and intense prayer together with mindfulness of God concentrates distracted thoughts. <coughs> Thus the tripatrite soul is purified. It was to this end that the apostle said, Pursue peace with all men and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. This, what? What is tripartite? What is tripartite? Tripartite. Three parts. Three parts. Yeah, what are the three parts? Three parts soul. Three parts of soul? Yes. So you have. Bless you. Like that. You have you have one part, the lowest part of the soul, is um, soul where it which is connected with uh, bodily activities. You know, like uh, it is it is part which has like power over body. It's it's like if if we a comparison, so it is like animal has soul which is on this level. That is soul uh, causes or has affliction, like this desire for to eat, to or search for food, to to, to uh, drink, to and other bodily functions. Then you have rational part. It is intelligent part when all these processes on this higher level is go, is uh, like we think on this level. We we recognize things. We make these constructions in uh, in mind, and the third part is mind or knows. It is noetic part, and, and it is level on which we communicate with God when we are entering this community with God. So there are three parts, and now you we as a people can live. Some people, they live on this first level, the lowest level, uh, almost whole life. Because they everything what they want is to satisfy bodily needs. And they don't have aspiration to do something more. Well, it, 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 there is a, like this connection with the rational part when they are making plans, you know, and somehow thinking about things. But it is not... Even on this level, there are several levels. How high you are going in this process of thinking, but but the people who are totally under control of of um, body and bodily needs, usually they live on this first level. And uh, our goal as a Christians is to live first level, second level, and to live on the third level when our news, our mind, this, this noetic faculty of our, of our life rules over our intellect and rules over our body. That not our body gives demands, not our um, uh, spiritual like passions has demands. Because for example, on this second part, there are there are even these passions like pride, desire for glory, desire for power, etc., envy, uh, anger. So those can rule our life too. So we want to ascend to this highest, to superification of our passions, to to go on this higher level when we communicate with God and we act according to his will non-stop. Does that make sense? Okay. But it was very, very simple explanation of depth there. Mm-hmm. But where we are, okay.
Okay, I think that Saint Theodoros in this text, short text, he gives us very good advice uh, for a spiritual battle. And he says that self-control together with humility, they remove our, or they, uh, they remove power of our, uh, of, of desires or our passions. So if, uh, and, and this is, this is uh, really something because, and it is connected, uh, actually it's connected what I was talking about, like self-control, they use this more for the self-control over our body. So it means that, uh, for example, if we keep uh, control over our bodily needs, for example, through fasting, so we are uh, putting our bodily desires to really to some kind of away from us. And if we if we have this self control, and we can we can have this experience during fasting days, you know that when you are uh, fasting and and uh, hunger, uh, you experience forces you to go around and search for food, and you finally you find something good, and you say, no, no, it's fast, so I cannot. And uh, you are like uh, fighting this whole body almost and soul against this uh, this desire for that. Well, resistance you are putting to to uh, this desire of your stomach causes that at that time you usually don't have any other uh, temptations. You know this this well you are free from very common temptations. You are not. Uh, fantasy doesn't take you, you know, to some kind of uh, dreaming about uh, which can be connected with sinful things, because you experience this hunger, and uh, your answer to this hunger is controlling yourself that you don't allow yourself to despise of hunger to eat, or you. Uh, or you, uh, up, uh, you, you say not not this kind of food. I instead of of uh, steak, I am going to have few beans. You know, so it is, and and trust me, uh, you know that experience that uh, usually at that, these moments you are really f almost free of of usual temptations. But if we take to uh, and but humility, it's more connected with with this uh, spiritual, like of passions of soul, that like this desire for power, vainglory, anger, you know. Because always when the thought comes and you use this uh, humility, you keep try to keep humility in your heart. So each this temptation is defeated by humility. Well, yes, the, the thought can come that, for example, uh, you are praying and this prayer went well, you felt good, it was easy to pray, and in the end you say, oh, this was great, I prayed well today. And immediately this, uh, this humility tells you, ha, not you, it was God's grace, stupid. <laughs> and so it keeps you, keeps you in line of this humility. And uh, he, he adds other tools like love. And he says that love causes, defeats anger. And prayer and remembrance of God uh, causes that our thoughts are not scattered. And he says, this is how our soul is purified. So he gives us like four tools 
for which can help us in this process of purification of soul, self-control, humility, love, and prayer. Uh, prayer together with remembrance, uh, and God, because it's connected. Because if we remember God, it is it is really a form of prayer too. And we can we can uh, when we read these words of the spiritual fathers or these teachers of spiritual life, uh, we can really notice that like the from that whole this their work, like ninety percent is dedicated to to those tools and techniques and uh, spiritual laws, which lead a person towards purity of life. This is the most important part for them because then when we reach that purity, so we are really open for for really higher spiritual gifts from above. And uh, there is an experience, spiritual experience, which it's difficult to describe. They are trying to do this, but uh, they cannot describe that. They don't have words for that. This experience, uh, which uh, uh, you have to experience to understand. They are trying to tell us what this is about, but, well, uh, they always say that, well, it is just trying it's not fullness because they cannot give us the gift and uh, and another thing is that those are realities which doesn't belong to this world and uh, because of that we don't have correct words to describe these realities of heavenly realities so each saint is using uh, what kind uh, this only these words he knows these definitions he knows and comparisons which are close to him this is and, and we can see that like when we read about vision of saints There was there was one uh, one question it illustrates better that uh, that uh, question I got once was that there is a apparition of Mary in the West. Some there are improved by church, and uh, there is always there like pray rosary. Okay, if something like that happens on the east rosary is never mentioned so question I got was that why is that isn't this order from Mary to pray rosary doesn't apply for those who are on the east and and uh, well the answer is that that East, those people, mystics on the East, they say something uh, different. And uh, but the the point, it, what is common is this calling to repentance and calling to prayer. But if the autocos would say, uh, okay, if if. We have to understand that the people who have this appearance, they can describe what they experienced with words and forms which are close to them. So it is very natural that in the West, when they got this vision, it is not like Theotokos was saying word by word and they were they envisioned, they had this vision, and they described this vision with words and terms and things and forms which 
they knew. The same thing happened on the East. This vision, this experience of something supernatural came and they describe it in forms and words and you know forms of prayer as they knew. And also so this is this is how we interpret these visions. Many times when we read about these holy fathers and they describe many really heavenly things, these visions they saw, and uh, and we see that uh, it's it's quite different. They are talking about almost the same uh, same way, uh, same same thing, but everybody describes it slightly differently, and and you can see that. Uh, those who lived in a desert, they describe it differently than those who lived like in a more harsh climate, you know, and uh, and it it differs, but it is not that the vision was different. Ability to interpret to share the vision depended on experience and knowledge and words those saints knew. Inspiration of the scriptures is the same way. They have this this experience of God that is in its way infallible in, in, in matters of faith and morals, and they express it the best way they can. Scientifically, they can be wrong. Historically, they can be wrong. But in matters of faith and doctrine, it's inspired by God, and the, but they only can have the, the, the vocabulary and the historical context and the experience that they have, and they don't have any other words to use, so they use the best we can. And we have to go back and look at all those things when we're looking at the scriptures. Yeah. It's not just we can say, "Oh, God said this exactly to this person." It didn't happen that way. Yeah. And in this way, we should like understand uh, even these visions uh, those saints had about heaven or hell. They they describe that, and we can find oh. There are, those are different descriptions, but if we take it like literally, so yes, there are different uh, dis dis descriptions. But well, but if we go to essence of this vision, of this message is the same. Just ability how to describe that mm -hmm. depended on ability of people who had this ability to uh, to. They just used words they knew, but there there were cases that well, uh, from inspiration there were things they said, uh, and they were theologically correctly. And for example, Jim didn't have this knowledge, so there are things. But well, more common thing is we have to. It's it's good to accept this as a rule when we. Um, read about these visions um, from this point that okay they are trying to offer us some kind of experience but well we are not able to grasp fullness of that totally uh, what they experienced they are just offering us something some kind of message as an invitation okay work in your spiritual life and you will gain the same experience so we have to be a little bit careful how we how we approach this text but well back back to uh, this text it is what they say uh, and like it is 95 percent of their textbooks about spiritual life is they are calling to purification desire to for purity of heart and mind is condition. More we are purified, more we are able to enter this higher level, noetic level, level on which we communicate with God. And and usually this, this knowledge from above, this understanding, which is not product of our intellect, enters to our soul. And and again we are not able to share this experience. We can describe that, but we are not able to fully give 
this experience as a gift to somebody. We can invite. <coughs> um, Saint Isaac Syrian, uh, he 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 encourages us with this like uh, not advice but statement that he says that well good things or God God's things heavenly things they are coming like itself you know it's gift we have no power over them we cannot order them to come they are coming uh, and many times they are coming even we are not aware of these gifts but they are coming only to the soul which is purified. That this condition, that we have to always remember that, that if our heart is filled with, still with passions and there are raging, battles are raging, so this higher knowledge, this understanding, these good God's things are not able to enter our soul the purification of soul bunny means uh, we can compare it to emptying the jar from everything that doesn't belong that and then jar can be filled with this precious thing and same isaac said he says that that until we are not purified we should not have some kind of courage to search for these higher things he says, until your eye is not purified, don't dare to look to sun. Because you can damage your eyes. And uh, this warning, it's meant this way, that many times we are not ready for, for higher things. And... Uh, but we somehow demand them. We, we have desire, we beg God for that, or we pretend that we have them. And uh, uh, then it is, uh, there is spiritual law, if you do this, if you make jump, if you ignore the steps of purification, and you make, you make jump ahead, then the wrath of God is coming upon you. And this wrath of God uh, many times has formed some kind of confusion which comes to our, to our, uh, our life. It is monastic literature, apatristic literature. You have these many times that monks came to some kind of false... Uh, They, they started to think that they reached higher level in spiritual life than, than they were, and they went crazy. Many, many jumped from the, uh, from the cliff because they, they, they said, I, I'm seeing angel. Angel are my guide now. They stopped to see the spiritual father, and because angel is teaching them and many times there are like these stories which is several that uh, the monk went crazy this kind of crazy he uh, he make preparation to go somewhere others they ask where are you going I said well I'm going on a mountain because my angel he told me that I will be able to fly, and I will be I will ascend to heaven. <coughs> and uh, well, true is that there was a, that cliff. This angel, which was demon, led him on this cliff, and 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 he would jump in in this craziness that he would fly. So this like confusion in mind it is and. Well, this among a lot of stories. They they don't cover these holy fathers don't cover anything. What was bad? What happened? They are very realistic, realistic, and they give us these examples as a warning. 
but uh, in our world, I would say this 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 confusion is uh, more seen as a, some kind of blindness, which causes that. We had one lady in, in our second parish, and uh, she was not really. She didn't live a really Christian life, and suddenly there was like one moment which God's grace touched her, and. Uh, while she was like on fire and she was praying and everything, but well, I think, uh, but, uh, but she was, I don't know how far I can go. In one point, she stopped to search for guidance. And uh, and from that point, she went crazy. After that point, suddenly it was like bishops were evil demons, and uh, she saw like the who from people is good, who is not. Uh, she was able to recognize, and and she went crazy because. She had experience of this uh, conversion, and for a while she was, why, why, when she was following some kind of rules and instructions, she was doing whatever growing. But still, she was not uh, healed. She was not purified. She just started, and this excitement which God gives in the beginning uh, was feeding her activity gives but uh, she made probably one moment decision that well I am further God's grace gave me huge gifts and she started to believe in that and and this was the result that she jumped or skipped several steps in her spiritual life and it was a sad story about it, but nobody could help her at this moment. I don't know how, it, how it's finished, but it, it, it was impossible to talk to her. Nobody could. She was like locked in her world. But we have, we have here, we, but we can find like not so intensive uh, uh, cases usually you have people who have this um, this this uh, confusion as a punishment. It it is that they have this uh, understanding that I am somewhere ahead, and this confusion uh, you can feel that they are looking at other people from up, and usually they want you correct you and if you don't agree if you don't want to follow their desire you refuse that so they become angry at you and well you become uh, their enemy usually they they spread not nice words about you, you know, this is this happens especially to priests many times you know because uh, uh, well anyway uh, it becomes that they become like victims of these people many times, please, because uh, they, they, these people usually uh, think that priests are not worthy, uh, they don't understand their spiritual like, level, and uh, so they start to attack them and to put, to sh spread different words, and usually priest has no up, cannot defend himself because there are things which are connected with confession. So it is tough, you know. And so we have to be very careful. And I, I mean that 
it's it's good to have this humility, especially uh, because if we are humble and if we are humble, that if even if we get these higher gifts, it's good to somehow to refuse them from humility. This pleases God more than some kind of acceptance. And if you read lives of the saints. You know that they were refusing them. They were asked, begging God to take them away from these gifts, and everything because they felt that it is really weight on the shoulders. They don't deserve it. Okay, this stayed too long on this one text. But before we move, there are questions or something. Everything clear? All right, second will be fast. Fourteens. Many people wonder whether thought stimulates the passions or the passions stimulate thought. Some say the first and some the second. My own view is that thoughts are stimulated by the passions, for unless passions were in the soul, thoughts about them would not disturb it. Well, this text is interesting because uh, uh, well at the time of Saint Theodore of the Great or century before him and century after him there was like huge discussion among these ascetics what was first what is first passions or thoughts and uh, there were different opinions and they were almost some kind of, not fighting, but there were like these dis discussions. And uh, so this is the reason why he puts this, uh, this his opinion among his texts. But I, but, but I think that it is done only to give answer to his disciples. And he doesn't want to, he, he needs, he probably felt that he needs to address this because of his disciples, but he doesn't want to spend a lot of time with that and to enter some, some kind of discussion. This is, he just expresses his opinion, you know, and he doesn't say that, well, this is 100% this way. And uh, so he refuses to be pulled to discussions, polemics, which are not fruitful. You know that, uh, and I think that this is in this. Uh, in this, we can find good uh, or piece of wisdom for our times, because today, when we enter the internet or, or we meet people, oh my, we can find so many fights on this like discussion forums or polemics or you can find a lot of videos which are talk where people are talking about different opinions and you have like two groups that they are fighting each other and another group and uh, and and the problem is that m many of these topics belong to this part of theology, which we call speculative theology. It means that uh, these theologians um, are trying to go further to develop this, uh, what is, what is uh, like on the base of theology and, and times are changing, so they try to bring this theological view on things, but usually they are, they are they speculate about that, and they, they themselves, they don't say, that, well, this is like teaching of the church, but it is part of theology. It's, it's good for thinking, you know, that don't take me wrong, but well, then what happens is that many people, they take it well, as, a, as a truth and they start to defend and others go against and good advice is that, well, 
don't let yourself to be pulled to this discussion on speculative theology. Let this topic to those crazy ones, you know, who has like passion in this. It doesn't help us. And this is, I think, the, the message or teaching of this Saint Theodorus that he just expresses opinion, but he doesn't go further. And uh, I think that this is a little bit temptation. It is some kind of intellectually interesting for us to to think about that and to be pulled and to have discussion, to make arguments. Uh, but usually, for sure, it, it is not helping to our spiritual life, one thing. Usually it brings anger, my passion of anger or passion of for fighting and, and it's more connected with desire to defeat your opponent than to really be encouraged in faith. So let's uh, keep it simple for yourself. Don't let yourself from even from curiosity to pull to, to be pulled to this middle of these discussions. All right. Let's continue. The demons, who are always waging war against us, try to prevent us from performing actions that are within our power and that would help us to acquire the virtues, while at the same time, they suggest ways of accomplishing things that in fact are impossible or else out of place. They compel those progressing in obedience to follow the Hesychists' way of life, and they implant in Hesychists and hermits a desire for the Cenobitic rule. They use a similar method with respect to every virtue. So let us be mindful of their designs, knowing that all things are good in their proper time and measure, while things lacking measure and out of place are noxious. Yeah. So he's talking to monks and he uncovers for them the tactic of the need demons, how they attack. And uh, uh, it's, it's simple, those who live like hermits, they are attacked by thought that, okay, you, it is better for you to live with other monks in monastery. Those in monastery have this temptation, you should go to solitude to be alone. And uh, in similar way, uh, these demons attack our responsibility or status which we have. Uh, especially in, in mon uh, he talks to monks, but the same uh, is for us. That many times we have, the, we are living and our life where God let us to be in our state, in our responsibility, vocation, jobs and place where we are and uh, but but we are ruining that we are ruining that with these fantasies that for sure it will be easier for you and better for you to be on other place you know it's it's very very common and uh, and even I, I think among priests who are in parishes, it is very common temptation that you have. After a while, you have this temptation. Well, what are you doing here? You know, in this way, you are, n there are not. You are not going to save your soul anyway. In this, so you should go to monastery or to to be hermit. To and in some kind of age, like I am. Um, the best place for you would be retirement. <laughs> but so, but it, it doesn't matter what is that. And, and I think that each of us has this, this different the temptations connected with our way of life. And we can imagine that somewhere better place, different place, different job, different school, you know, 
it would create this perfect environment for me to grow in spiritual life. And because we let this thought to live in our mind, so we are not satisfied and we are not really using that time where we are, where God put us to um, for our benefit, for our growth. There is like this this advice uh, uh, of uh, Desert Fathers: uh, Stay where you are. Stay where you are. They are talking about this stability. Give that stability, because you are not. You know, because otherwise, you will not make progress. There is a story a little bit different. Not not fully capturing this this message, but a monk who lived in monastery, but he heard about another monastery, and uh, he said, mm, probably I in that monastery I would be able to defeat my passion. I think it was passion of anger. I think, I, but I don't remember well. So he went to the second monastery. After a while, he heard the mon another monastery that, wow, that monastery is so good. I will be able to defeat my passion over there. So he went there. And then he heard about another monastery. I said, well, for sure, there, there, because they have so great monks there. There I am able to defeat. And when he came to gate of this fourth monastery, Somehow he sat down before he entered, and he was thinking, and then he told himself, it's a monastery, it is not monastery's problem, you are the problem. And he returned back to first <laughs> monastery. And, and sometimes this, uh, well, but, but it is, I don't say now that to be like stubbornly to stay on the place which is not good for us. You know, but we have to make good discernment that uh, if, if we see that this environment is really dangerous for me, yes, I should do, I should make change. If it is like evident. But now, if we, but it is difficult like, in today's world where we can find an environment which is totally good for Christian. We cannot. But, but well, one can be worse than other. So if really our salvation is a jeopardy, so for sure we should change. But otherwise, we should stay where we are and to fight on this place. And usually this brings us um, um, progress. Because if we just keep this melancholy in our soul and this sadness that we are not in the place where we would like to be and wish to be and which we create in our fantasy, so we are wasting time and we are not growing where we are now. Um, and uh, my brother, he was talking to me about one priest. He's much younger than I am, and he is now uh, seventh. He's much younger than we are, and he got like seventh assignment some place and and uh, my brother said well he will not stay now there longer because he's not ne he's never satisfied to any place he about but he actively asks a begs bishop to transfer him yeah. but but he's never satisfied with the place after like few months he wants to go further so it is, it is, this temptation is in us, some kind of this, that, that we want to move many times, and, and uh, sometimes it's difficult. And uh, 
but but if we stay despite of difficulties Many times it brings a lot of fruit. When we were like, I was four years old, priest. So our friend, another priest, invited us to go visit him. So this is another priest, our friend. We went there for Dave. We made a trip. He was like north of Slovakia. And uh, we went there. So it was nice. We met, we, uh, but this this environment there, and roads there, and meeting several people there, seeing church there, um, and in the end, uh, when we were leaving. So I stepped into cows, you know, because I was not paying attention. And I remember on our way home, when we were leaving, I said to her, my wish is never, never come to this kind of parish. You know? <laughs> Next year I got a letter. I'll be sure he's sending me there. And well, so I said, all right. Meanwhile, that my friend was transferred, another priest came, and uh, there were difficulties. And uh, before we went there, I, I was in Chancery, and that now Bishop Peter Rusnak, it was like director of of the chancery and there were a lot of changes so he asked me have you been transferred i said yes and he said where are you going i said well, i told the name of page and he said oh <laughs> i said oh my what is what is going on you know? <laughs> so he scared me and then we went there to take a look that well what is like building and to talk to the priest i remember it was a rainy day evening it was rain there like the worst thing for visit depressing atmosphere we went to rectory they were packing already so it was like like everything was like not in order depressing i remember he said that and i remember the first things what he told me he said don't worry after one year you will ask bishop or you will beg bishop to transfer you and he will he will <laughs> because it's horrible here so we went to see church, and it was like, uh, uh, but he took some kind of shortcut through garden, and it was raining, like slippery there. Oh, no. We went to the church. Church was in some kind of reconstruction, so it was without, like stripped of all this decoration. Oh. Looked horrible, even what I remember. <laughs> so we were crying on our way home. No. <laughs> And uh, and really, when I we moved there, and uh, I had chance to see other, because I had like four churches that time, others together with that nice so situation in that parish, in that uh, other, I said, well, this is horrible, and and I I had this feeling that well, even at my maybe one year it's impossible to survive here because there was, it was not only like these outside things material things but in this parish i was describing there were like three groups of people fighting to each mm -hmm. other and it was like really destroyed parish and it was difficult and but but i said okay but why i'm here i will try you know i so I cannot damage, make any damage worse <laughs> than it is. <laughs> and then one year went, another, another, and we were there 10 years. And we loved that parish. Mm. And parish was changed. And uh, parish was changed because we stayed. After, I think, they needed that stability because I think that 
the, the, the priest before us came for, and he didn't want to be there. there. So this is, he was not able to fix things. And I don't blame him, don't take me wrong, I don't, it, it was tough. Uh, but, uh, well, um, this is, this is why, why we should not, even if we have difficulties, this is my experience, that we can see our place where God puts us as a, not the best place and with a lot of suffering, we should not be afraid. And we should stay there and to be faithful and God's grace will start to work and to create something what is amazing. And in the end, you you will you are going to start to love that place. A priest friend of mine, he, he was transferred from his first parish and he loved his first parish and he was just so sad. He said, I'm so afraid of this new place. They don't, I don't know anybody. I'm not going to be able to make friends. These people are so welcoming, so patient, all that stuff. Five years later, he gets transferred from that parish. He goes, ah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I love this parish. Was, you know, they were so welcoming. And so, and I said, you said the same thing five years ago, you know? And it, it, he, he just didn't realize. He was so afraid to make the move. But everywhere he went, he just flourished. Yeah. And, and it was a new experience and a new growth for him. Now he's a pastor and he's loving it. Yeah. It's, uh, but, well, I'm describing to from our this perspective of what I know, but well, you probably have different experiences, but well, it will be the same thing. You know, this stability um, in a place where we are and this really, not to run from small challenges or even bigger challenges, you know, and uh, when I turn off the recording, I will tell you uh, how I dealt with this advisory board from parish I was, which was given to me too. It was interesting, uh, but it's not for public. <laughs> 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 All right, so let's stop here. Okay.